it, it is the Apostle Paul eloquently infused by God's Holy Spirit, inspired, wrote it out, said something pretty amazing. He said, listen, people that don't have this faith of ours, they're going to think that we're foolish. He goes, this gospel message is foolishness for those who do not believe. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. One of the supposed foolish things we do, but it's not foolish, it's powerful, it's beautiful. It's whenever we want to fight, we surrender. Who does that? Every time there's a battle in our lives, all we have to do, why do you think we lift up our hands in church like this? That means, God, I'm surrendering my battle. I'm surrendering my moment. I'm giving you everything. You take care of the rest. Lift up your hands right now. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're facing, whatever you're carrying, surrender it. Just give it to God. He has this. Surrender it. It becomes his. He's the owner of it. He is sovereign over it, and you will always have the victory. Let's surrender all right now. I And tell them, I'm so glad you're here. Tell your other neighbor, I'm really glad you're here. Tell the neighbor behind you, I am really super, super glad you're here. Because if you're happy and you know it, I love this church. I love this church. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're going to wrap this up next week after four months, October, November, December, January. We have been preaching on the Elijah narrative from 1 Kings 16, 17, 18. Next week, we wrap it up. The final portion is next week. You don't want to miss it. It's the moment that Jezebel posts on her Facebook account. 
And then, then she copies it and, and pastes it on her Twitter account. And, she, and then she tweets against Elijah and says, you're going to die in 24 hours. Y'all don't want to miss that next week. It's one of the just unbelievable messages you can hear that will just shift and activate destiny. It will shift the atmosphere upon your life and activate God's ordained purpose. But today I want to wrap up with this portion of 1 Kings 18. It has to do with the man, as you well know, Elijah. What a crazy story. Elijah's about to pray fire. If you don't know who Elijah is, the iconic prophet of the Old Testament, the rock star prophet. He heard from heaven and God did stuff. This man prayed and God would respond. Whatever he would pray, boop, God, boom. Lord, no more rain, no more rain. Lord, fire, fire. Lord, send your rain, rain. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Talk about answered prayers. If we can learn from Elijah, right? And the funny thing is that he prayed and he didn't even have what we have, like the secret sauce. He never prayed in the name of Jesus. And you and I have the name that is above every other name. So if Elijah was able to make it stop, to fire, to make it rain, all without the name of Jesus, imagine what you and I will be able to do right now in our generation in the name that is above every other name. All right, so he did. So he's about to pray fire. He's about to say, Lord, send your fire. Send your fire. And right before he does that, he does something crazy. He creates an altar. He places wood on the altar. Here's some wood. And then, this is crazy. This is what he does. He says, all right, I'm going to put wood on the altar. Uh, but hold on a second. We're in the middle of a drought. If I put wood on the altar, oh, we've learned from living around Tahoe <laughs> that when there's a drought and it hasn't rained for a long time, any little thing can spark a Hmm. So Elijah knew the Tahoe factor and went like, and man, the wood's already dry because we're in the midst of a drought. And I, I got this. So he says, you know what? I got this. They were in the midst of a drought. So the number one resource they were lacking was what? So he says, aha, publicly, he says, get me some water. Get me some water. Here go, Pastor Jeff, get me some water. You see the wood on top of the altar here? Put some water on the wood. So he pours water on the wood. Now that's, to me, pretty amazing. First of all, again, they were lacking what? The number one resource they needed was water. And yet the prophet is saying, give me some water and put it on the wood. Love that. Can you imagine the politicians around there? They, the politicians would be going berserky, crazy. How dare they use the thing we need the most? These religious people are crazy. They're crazy. How dare they gather in a church? Don't they know there's a pandemic? Well, how dare 80,000 people gather in a stadium for a football game? Don't they know there's a pandemic? How dare you go to Bel Air? Don't you know there's a pandemic? How dare you go to Starbucks? Don't you know there's a pandemic? How dare, I saw you at Target, but you haven't been in church for three years. Don't you know there's a pandemic? What is it, supernaturally speaking, you're protected in Starbucks? Somehow, there are angels that show up in Starbucks, but you're not under the blood of Jesus here at church? Stop making excuses for not coming to church. 
And I don't mean this church. We've been blessed. We haven't missed a beat. But I'm talking about to all the people streaming around the world. Go back to your home church. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. You can put a mask, take care of yourself. You could drink green tea, whatever it takes. But just go to church. This message brought to you by enough is enough. So he, he wet the wood. And, and then, then he, I'm going to make it legal. Y'all can see I'm not making this up. First Kings 18, he piled wood on the altar, verse 33. Cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering in the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again, second time. Second time, second time, second time, second time, second time. More water on the wood, please. Soak it up, baby. Here it is. Drench it. Drench it, drench it, drench it. Drench it, drench that thing. Put more water on the wood. And then, I love this, verse 34. Now, then he says, the Bible, this is the Bible. And then Elijah looked, hmm, is it wet enough yet? Is it wet enough? Mm, let me get a lighter. Some of y'all have lighters. Don't fake it. Don't act like you don't have. Some of y'all. Come on, you from Rio Linda. Stop it. You know what I'm talking about. Stop it. So he takes. He, 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 he looks at the wood. And it's already wet. And he looks at it and says, nah, it's not wet enough. How can it be? And he says, now do it for a third time. Put more, put more water on the wood, please. Go ahead. More water on the wood. And the water ran around the altar. It even filled the trench, verse 35. That's the that's subject matter today. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, more water on the wood, please. Tell your other neighbor, more water on the wood, please. The, the wood was not just wet, it was drenched. He, let's, let's, Pastor Jeff, let's look this up. It was, we're talking about soaking up, wet, looking. Help me out, Sean. Get, this is wet wood. You try to light this thing up, good luck with that. Right? So why, why would he wet it? This is crazy. It is drenched. Show them it's drenched. I love this. He, the wood was not just wet. It was drenched, saturated. The water fully permeated the wood. Why in the world would the prophet spend so much time putting water on the wood? Here it is. Point number one. More water on the wood means the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. I'm going to say that one more time. More water on the wood means the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. We got to reach the point of, when it reaches the point in your life, your circumstance, your relationship, your health, whatever it may be. The moment it reaches the impossible, where it's so drenched that nothing will, no human will be able to do it. You won't be able to do it. Your contacts won't be able to do it. The people that love you won't be able to. Have you ever been in a point that the only one that could have taken you out was God? Have you ever been in a point where your life was so drenched? What if I tell you that sometimes the wood needs to get wet before the fire falls? Ah, sometimes, sometimes God will permit your circumstance to become critical in order for his grace to be nothing less than glorious. Sometimes God will permit your surroundings to grow dark before he turns on the spotlight of his mercy. Sometimes, and let me give you biblical examples of more water on the wood. Sometimes he will permit Pharaoh and his forces 
to follow you right before he makes a way and drowns all the enemies of your past. Exodus 15, 4. Sometimes he will permit all your haters to gather around you before he declares, no worry, the battle is mine, saith the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, 15. Sometimes he will permit the furnace to grow hotter seven times before he shows up like a boss in the fire, making certain you come out full of favor. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. More water on the wood speaks to the prophet's objective of demonstrating that your circumstance cannot stop God from showing you his glory. More water on the wood. This is, help me out one more time. Lift them up. Show them it's soaked and wet. Some of y'all have, some of y'all have families that look like this right now. Some of you have family members that look like this right now. Some of you in this auditorium and streaming, you look like this right now. It looks like nothing will ignite your destiny. Nothing will ignite your purpose. Nothing will ignite your health. But there is a God in heaven who... I feel the Lord. I need you to get ready. You may look like that right now, but when God says, I'm going to send my fire, there's not a demon in hell or a devil on earth that can stop your wood from igniting. In other words, your reality will never be greater than God's redemption. Your problem will never exceed God's promise. Your brokenness will never be more powerful than God's breakthrough. Here's a verse that everyone here must memorize. Everyone streaming, Luke 1, There is nothing that God cannot do. Oh, that, that, that right there. I don't know if you got that. I said there's nothing that God cannot do. In your family, there's nothing that God cannot do. In your surroundings, in your health, in your finances, in your future, in your faith, in your mind, there's nothing that God cannot do. You have a troubled person in your life, put a smile on your face. There is nothing that God cannot do. Not, another version says, nothing is impossible for God. If you serve the God of the impossible, shout like you serve the God of the impossible. And praise like you serve the... Someone just repeat after me. Repeat after me. There is nothing that God cannot do. The word of God will never fail. Nothing is impossible for God. You just quoted Luke 137. Nothing. The word of God. More water. More water on the wood means get ready to see the God of the impossible show up. More water on the wood means the moment it becomes impossible... It officially belongs to, it officially belongs to God. Number two, quickly, more water on the wood means we serve the God that cannot be stopped. He did not just wet the wood one time, two times. He wet the wood three times. In other words, I want the wood to be so wet that when the fire consumes it, we will all come to the same conclusion, no matter how wet it may be, nothing can stop God. The wet wood cannot stop God's fire from falling. Your circumstance, your reality, your condition does not deter God. It attracts God. More water on the wood means God makes up his mind when he says, I'm going to do it. Nothing that hell can do. Nothing that we can do can stop him. Isaiah 14, 27. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? The CEV version says, I 
I, the Lord all-powerful, have made these plans, and no one can stop me now. What can stop God? Who can stop God? God has a plan for you, for your family, for your relationship, for your destiny. Who can stop God? I really want you to ask your neighbor, very inquisitive minds, ask your neighbor, who can stop God? Ask the other neighbor, the one that doesn't want you to ask him any questions. Ask that neighbor, who can stop God? Job 42 verse 2 says, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation, the amplified version. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. Who can stop God? Here's my question right now. As we come out of this cuckoo for Cocoa Puff season, who can stop God? Who can stop God? Somebody say, nothing can stop God. Nothing can stop God's glory from shining. Nothing can stop God's blood from cleansing. Nothing can stop God's truth from setting the captives free. Nothing can stop God's spirit from moving. Nothing can stop God from loving you, from covering you, from using you, from blessing you, from anointing you, from filling you, from smiling upon you, and from favoring you. And by the way, some of us need to get over ourselves. Your past cannot stop God. Let me say that one more time. Your past cannot stop God. Your past, your weaknesses cannot stop God. Your bank account cannot stop God. Your failures cannot stop God. Your haters cannot stop God. And I want to speak corporately. Politicians can't stop God. Government cannot stop God. The military cannot stop God. Big tech cannot stop God. COVID cannot stop God. The God that we serve is unstoppable. If you serve that God, pray. Somebody shout like he's unstoppable. Somebody praise like he's unstoppable. Somebody act like he's unstoppable. Somebody live like he's unstoppable, serve like he's unstoppable, love like he's unstoppable, give like he's unstoppable. Is there a church in Sacramento that believes that God cannot be stopped? We serve an unstoppable God. Raise your hands, both hands, and say, we serve an unstoppable God. Do you get this? Who can stop God? The world's the world's wood is wet, and what will take place? The fire, I don't care how wet it is, God's fire will consume it. I don't care how broken it is, God's grace will repair it. I don't care how lost it is, God's mercy will find it. I don't care how dirty it is, God's love will cover it. More water on the wood means God cannot be stopped. It was drenched. It was drenched. And he has the audacity to say, you see this wet, drenched wood? Watch that wood get on fire. Yeah. 
has anybody been here? Has anybody looked like this? Where everyone around you doubted you and said, there's no way. And all of a sudden, God showed up and said, ah. And God said, you're it. Here's my fire. Here's my favor. Here's my power. Here's my glory. You never should have been ignited, but here you are on fire for the glory of Jesus. And the final point, the final point, point number three. More water on the wood means get ready for all that know you to declare. That was all God. One more time, more water on the wood. More water and wood means the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to. More water on the wood means that our God is unstoppable. More water on the wood means that everyone that knows you, both friend and foe, everyone's going to have to declare, that's all God. That was all God. How many are ready to wrap up? How many are ready to, how many believe that before this year is over, even the people that couldn't stand you are going to have to reluctantly go. They're going to have to shake their head and go, I'm going to have to admit it. God's favor is all over them. God's glory is all over them. God's power is all over them. Drench the wood. The prophet said, wet that thing. Keep on wetting it. In other words. I want the wood to be so wet that you cannot attribute the fire to the drought. I want the wood to be so wet that you can't attribute the fire to the surroundings. I want the wood to be so wet that when the fire consumes it, everyone will have no other choice but to say, that was all God. We're going to be careful now, but in a very nuanced, humble way, I do need you to look at somebody in this auditorium, just one more person, and go, you see this? Oh, God. Go ahead, tell them right now. No, no, tell them like you mean it. Matter of fact, let's go. Go to somebody else and tell them, you see this? Oh, God. I shouldn't even be here right now, but here I am. I shouldn't even be alive right now, but here I am. I shouldn't even be in this church right now, but here I am. Somebody look and say, oh, God. Oh, God. Does anyone here know that the reason you got here is by the grace of God, how God made a way when there was no other way? Anybody here because it was all? Somebody say it was all. prophet was intentional. Drench it so it makes it impossible for men to get the glory. Oh, man. Even, even people that don't know you, that just meet you, would have to open up their mouth and go, you. Oh, God. So let me tell you a story. Just happened this past week, y'all. Yeah. So last Sunday, we wrapped up services here. We had church. Amazing. God showed up. Beautiful. And after the service, I went to my eldest daughter's house to celebrate Mila's birthday party. And we had time. My three kids were with us. And it's family time. Good times. We left. 
was 6.31 in the evening, and I get, a, I get a notification on my iPhone from my security company guarding my home. And now I get them a lot because I, I have people working in my home and, you know, landscapers and all that. So you get that lock. So I know which door, like if, you know, my guy went to turn on the sprinklers. I get that. So I know it's like, you know, false alarm, turn off. But for the first time, the notification came from a room that's not an accessible room normally. So I, something hit me immediately and said, somebody's trying to break into your house. So it's 6.31 in the evening. So... We're driving on the 80, and, and I can't say it was God, but something filled me that, for whatever reason, by coincidence, prompted my right foot to press the gas even more. Can't say it was God. I'm just saying, somehow the foot. And I do want to apologize publicly for violating speed limit laws. I just want to tell you that. I, I do. I confess it. First John 1, 9. Please forgive me. La sangre de Cristo. Got home quick. Yeah. So we got there and went to the back of the house where the alarm came. And, and there was no one there. So we went there and I checked the back door. The back door had a, a crack this big, about yay big, kid you not. So at the bottom of my glass door entry to my master family room and it was there. So I'm looking and going like, and then the rest of the glass, it's not shattered, but it's cracked inside. And I'm going like, well, maybe it wasn't a break-in because it's just a little crack at the bottom. So I'm thinking, man, the cops came uh, and, you know, police officers, two wonderful men came over, very, very affable, very nice. Mr. Rodriguez, how can we help you? What happened? Well, this, you know, I don't know, guys, maybe we wasted your time. I'm, this, and they looked, and they were like, let's look. I'm looking for a 22 caliber because it was that small. You know, somebody, maybe somebody with BB gun. It looked like a BB because it was just. So I looked for, like, you know, the residue, you know, and all. Nothing, zero. You know, and we were talked about maybe my lawn, you know, my, my landscaper, my garden guy was mowing the lawn in a rock. This is boom, maybe. But that he was there on Thursday. That never would have, like, a three-day effect in an alternate universe. Like, you know, what is a multiverse issue? Like, you know. You know, space-time continuum. So I'm going like, okay, that's not it. That's not logical. An animal, maybe an, a psychotic animal had some issues. Bam, hit the thing really hard. You never know. I've been to parties. You know what I'm talking about. And I've seen people do strange things. So um, none of that. So finally, the cops just look at us and go like, is there anything missing? We went room by room, nothing. So the house wasn't broken into, but there's a glass outside that was and now we have to repair that glass. We don't know where. The cops said, man, I can't write it up as a break-in. I'm just going to have to, whatever, nothing, no report. You guys are good. So they left. So I put on my gym clothes and got ready to work out that evening, Sunday evening. And so I went to the gym. And in the gym, my wife gives me a call. She says, oh, honey. I go, what's up? She goes, um, guess what? It, it was an attempted break-in. I go, what do you, what do you mean? They said, no, 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 they came back. Who came back? No, the cops. I go, what? They came back, they're taking a report. What report? We just said, we don't even know. Yeah, how do they know it was a break-in? It was two guys. They know it was a break-in. How do we know? Because our neighbor on the other side of our development, the same people did the same thing, same modus operandi, except they succeeded, broke into their house, spent one hour, ransacked it, and took your stuff. I went like, What? Yeah, they were there for an hour. 
And, and, and that, that also quite convicted me. But by the way, they did break something in my house. But what they broke could be repaired, but they did not come in. The damage was superficial, but not permanent. Some of you spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, have been through the same thing. The enemy tried to break in and grab a hold of your purpose and your destiny and your future and your faith. The devil thought he was going to break in. He broke something that can be repaired. Matter of fact, I prophesy it's already been repaired. He may have broken something on the outside, but the inside still belongs to God. I'm here to tell you, the inside cannot be touched. The inside will not be stolen. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this place? Another lesson that I learned from this, you're going to connect the dots here about the, the more water in the wood in a second. The other lesson I learned is, why did they get to my neighbor's house and not me? God bless our neighbor. But why did they get there? Our neighbor did not have an alarm and a sensor at the back of the house. See, I have sensors in every window and every door. If, if you breathe too hard, the alarm's going to sound. So my neighbor only had an alarm the front door. Watch this, not making this up. The, 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 the thieves broke into my neighbor's house because they had no sensors and no alarms in the back. They broke into the back. They were there for close to an hour. They stole a bunch of stuff. And you know why they know? They, they, were, they were Because uh, duh, they walked out the front door. I don't think these guys graduated from Stanford. I'm just saying. I'm assuming they did not. But here's what God convicted me. Notice how their back was vulnerable and their front was not. Sometimes our public expression is protected. But the private areas in our life are vulnerable. I'm preaching now. You got to protect the private areas that nobody sees. You got to protect the weak areas of your life. You got to put spiritual sensors and alarms in the areas of your vulnerability, in the areas of your weaknesses. Because if your back is covered and your front is covered and your side is covered, nothing will be able to steal your joy. So, so let, me, let me wrap up here. They, they, you, know, you know why the thieves left my house? You know why they left? Because the moment they went like this, click, with a little window breaking thing, click, there was a sound that came out of my house that was so overwhelming that it literally, according to the police officers, prompted those guys to flee. Oh, you're not getting that. I'm here to tell you, praise is the alarm that tells hell you will not have access to my joy. Praise is the sound that lets the enemy know that your house is protected. Are there any protected houses in the church here today? Somebody praise like your house is protected. Worship like your house is protected. Lift up your hands. I'm done. Your praise is the alarm that stops the enemy from breaking in. Your praise is the sound that serves as a deterrent, stopping the enemy from coming in. Praise says God is in the house. Your praise says the house is protected. Your praise says the Spirit of God is in this house. 
Your praise is the affirmation that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. It is the confirmation that you are not alone. It is the audible manifestation of divine presence in your habitation. Make a sound. Let the devil know he cannot have access. Make a sound. I dare you to make a sound and say, you will not steal my joy. You will not steal my peace. You will not steal my faith. You will not steal my health. You will not steal my family. You will not steal my dream. If you got this, raise your hand. I told you more water on the wood means that the only explanation is God. So here I am. I'm in the gym. The police officers come back home. They talk to Pastor Reba. They get the report, and then this happened. They look at my wife, and one of them goes, ma'am, please forgive me for asking. What church do you go to? <laughs> Pastor Ava says, she didn't even say we pastored. She said, we go to a church called New Season in Sacramento. He goes, the reason why I'm asking is simple. You guys are covered. No, 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 I told you, you're covered. You're covered. Are there any covered people in the house here today? Somebody shout, only God. All God, that was all God. That was all God. That was all God. Stand with me right now. For him to use that word, he didn't say you guys are protected, you guys are blessed. No, he said you guys are covered. He created a spiritual dynamic. He understood there was a sovereign level of protection. He said you guys are covered. More water on the wood means... That even people that never met you before are going to have to see what God is doing in you, with you, and through you. And they're going to come to the same conclusion. That was all God. If you receive that, say amen. Just look at yourself and say, all oh God. More water on the wood means all oh God. More water on the wood means when it's when it's impossible, when it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to more water on the wood means that the God that we serve is a God that is unstoppable. More water on the wood means that everyone will have to declare in your life that it is all says you're covered. Oh, by the way, we fixed the stuff, the little, the little areas in our house. Put cameras, motion sensors, mines. Two pit bulls, guarded security, a picture, a photo of Jason Fortick, electric fence. Yeah, let's just say, and a sign that says, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, he used water. They were in a drought. Who would do that? You need more water. Dude, you're in a drought. Yeah, I know. You're in a drought, Mr. Prophet. Don't you care about the environment? 
oh, I do care about the environment, but now that you said that, give me more water, please. You God freaks, you Jesus freaks, you, how dare you? Maybe, not maybe, I know that Elijah knew what the Apostle Paul would write later on, years later in Ephesians 3.20. Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, anything and everything we could ever imagine or ask for. Lift up your right hand, let me bless you. Heavenly Father, seal this message in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit in this place. Seal this message right now. Oh, Lord, you are the God of the impossible. The moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to you. You are the God that is unstoppable. You are the God that will get all the honor and all the glory. It's all God. So, Lord, we submit all of this to you. Activate this revelation, this anointing. This powerful, spiritually ordained infusion of your grace and glory in every mind, body, soul, and spirit. Hey, God of the impossible, show up this week. Everyone who has an impossible circumstance, show this crowd here and those so many streaming around the world that you are the God of the impossible. That there is nothing that God cannot do. Show us your glory. For the namesake of Jesus indeed. If you believe that this is that week, now give him the final shout of praise.